About 130 million adults in the U.S. read below a sixth grade level, according to 2020 data from the Department of Education. This means that almost 40% of the population struggles with reading. This makes life that much harder when trying to get a degree, secure a job, or even handle basic life tasks, like signing off on a lengthy tax document or mortgage agreement. And yes, people can improve these skills at any age, but it's so much harder to commit the time, energy, and practice as an adult. That's why learning to read and building on these skills is so critical during the K-12 through years. Yet, test scores over the last two decades show that kids are drastically lagging behind. In many cases, these students often never get the help they need and are pushed through and out of the system. It is kind of a check-the-box approach, which really has not worked and explains a lot of why our reading test scores have been so dismal. With only about a third of students testing at the proficient level or above for 20 years now or more, and more than a third are testing below the basic level on national tests. That's Natalie Wexler, an education expert and author of the book, The Knowledge Gap, The Hidden Cause of America's Broken Education System and How to Fix It. Wexler zeroes in on traditional reading comprehension curriculums, arguing that the approach is outdated and broken. Reading comprehension has been seen by educators as a set of skills and strategies that you can just practice. It doesn't really matter what you're reading as long as it's at your individual reading level, so you can read it pretty independently. And you're practicing skills like finding the main idea of a text or making inferences. And this goes on, this kind of practice, elementary and sometimes middle school students do it for hours every week. And the theory is that if a kid gets really good at finding the main idea of a text, that he or she will be able to apply that skill to find the main idea, understand any text, maybe a textbook download in high school or a passage on an end of the year reading comprehension test. But in fact, cognitive scientists have known for a long time that is actually not how reading comprehension works. What is more important than skill is how much relevant knowledge the reader has relevant to the text. And it could be knowledge of the topic, or it could be general academic knowledge and vocabulary and familiarity with the complex sentence structure of written language. And we haven't been teaching those things because we've just had kids practicing these supposed skills on really simple, easy to read texts. She says that part of the problem is that there's always been a divide between education administrators and cognitive scientists studying learning. And so they may be on the same campus, but they're not communicating. And so prospective teachers may be learning things about how learning works that are really contradicted by recent evidence and studies. And so be completely different from what, say, students in a psychology course are learning in the psychology department. And that is definitely one problem. Another persistent issue is that there's no defined national curriculum. Even within one state, there can be drastic subject variation from district to district. In countries with a centralized plan, everyone's on the same page. If you have such a curriculum, first of all, you can train teachers to teach that curriculum well before they get into the classroom. You can also ensure that all kids are getting the same knowledge, no matter what socioeconomic background they're coming from. And they're not getting, you know, Charlotte's Web three years in a row because teachers really like that book or whatever. They're covering in a logical, coherent way 
a range of topics and everybody's getting the same information. And so that helps really to level the playing field. It's never going to entirely make up for socioeconomic differences, but we know that countries that have that kind of curriculum, there is more equity in their education systems. Because of our disjointed curricula, Wexler says that many teachers are guided to cover certain niche skills that show up on national standardized tests. This scattered focus doesn't do much to actually help students. In fact, what one cognitive scientist has called those tests, those reading comprehension tests, knowledge tests in disguise. Because if you don't have enough background knowledge to understand the passage on the test, at least at a superficial level, and they're, again, they're on random topics, not anything kids have learned at school, you never get a chance to demonstrate your skill, finding the main idea or making inferences or whatever the test purports to be measuring. But teachers look at the test and they think reasonably, you know, because they haven't received all of this information that I'm talking about. Well, if I want my kids to do well on that test, I need to have them practice finding the main idea, et cetera. And it's not pointless to ask kids to compare and contrast or make inferences about a text. However, this practice is lacking if there's no logical sequence in what's being read. Instead of trying to teach that skill directly and bringing in a text to read aloud that is supposed to help kids learn that skill, and then they go off and try to practice that skill on a bunch of other different texts on random topics, choose a text, and ideally this is going to be one of a series of texts about a specific topic and bring in whatever skills, strategies are appropriate to help students really think about and understand that text. And reading options also need to be better tailored to a child's reading level. The National Assessment of Educational Progress, a program within the Department of Education, reports that only one-third of students in fourth, eighth, and twelfth grades are proficient in reading. In this context, proficiency means that students are able to comprehend and analyze challenging texts that span across various topics. So while one student may be reading at an eighth grade level, another may be lagging far behind. I saw a statistic in a study that by the time kids get to, I think it was eighth or ninth grade, the gap between the kids from the lowest socioeconomic group and the highest socioeconomic group is equivalent to about five years of learning. And so every year that goes by, this gap between the good readers and the poor readers actually gets wider and wider because those good readers, and it's not that the poor readers couldn't become good readers, but they're not getting the instruction they need to become good readers. They are able to read more complex texts. They're also able to retain new vocabulary, new information from those texts because knowledge sticks best to something that it's related to. It's been said that knowledge is like mental Velcro. So they already have the other half of that Velcro, or they're more likely to have it. And that in turn increases their vocabulary and enables them to read yet more complex text. So they're speeding ahead, or they may be. But the other kids who start out with less of the other half of the Velcro, first of all, they're limited to simpler texts because they're in the low reading rooms. And even if those texts do have some new information, some new vocabulary, they're less likely to retain it because they may not have anything for it to stick to. And by the time kids get to high school, the curriculum already assumes a lot of background knowledge. By this point, it's hard to go back and lay a foundation. So if you're a parent and listening, what can you do now to help your child? Wexler does recognize that not every person has the resources to put in the hours. At the end of the day, schools need to do a better job. But 
If you have the bandwidth, here are some things to keep in mind. There is a lot that parents can do. Reading aloud, of course, reading aloud from texts that your child couldn't read on their own is really important to introduce into that more elevated or more sophisticated vocabulary and sentence structure. And then having conversations about the text because in order for kids to really absorb information, they need to talk about it. They need to use the vocabulary they just heard. So having those conversations is crucial. And it's not just about books. You can have conversations about rocks when you're taking a walk in the park or insects or whatever. So that back and forth dialogue between an adult and a child is really laying the foundation for reading comprehension in years to come. Some may say that reading well isn't super important these days. After all, you can Google endlessly, and there's artificial intelligence to help break down complex info. But others, including Wexler, argue that it's still a massive disadvantage. It's obviously important for school because still most of the learning that you're expected to do at upper grade levels and in college is through reading, is through reading books. And if you cannot do that with leaving chat GPT aside, you're going to be at a real disadvantage. You may be playing catch up or you may just give up. But beyond school, there are some real life consequences of not being able to understand more complex text. And we have many, many adults in this country who are in that position. And it's everything from not being able to read a newspaper article to not being able to understand a job instruction manual or a credit card agreement or a lease agreement. That's why it's so important to instill these foundational reading skills at an early age. We're wasting this golden opportunity in these early grades because kids are so curious about all sorts of things about the world and they are sponges. To find out more about this topic, other resources, and our guest, Natalie Wexler, head to viewpointsradio.org. Also, check out Wexler's book, The Knowledge Gap, The Hidden Cause of America's Broken Education System and How to Fix It. For more behind the scenes and to support our show, follow Viewpoints Radio on Instagram, X, and Facebook. This segment was written by our executive producer, Amira Zaveri. Our studio manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson. Coming up next week. The friend called my parents up and said she's delusional or something's happening and come get her. The many impacts of mental illness. Then. The judge gave me the date that I need to go. So that's so hard. Oh my goodness. I was packing like crazy, packing my clothes, packing my daughter's clothes. I'm sorry. One woman's never ending deportation nightmare. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. And that's Viewpoints for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows and find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints.